Drunk Dish contains adult language that may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. right in because I'm recording. <laughs> He's the cutest. I can't help it. He's the cutest. All right. Hello and welcome to Drunk Dish where three delicious dishes explore food history and get pickled in the process. This is episode number one. Woo! Hot cross bun. So I'm Melissa. I'm Amy. And I'm Kate. Fantastic. I'm super excited and super nervous. Um, So now that we've introduced ourselves, every episode we like to ask ourselves one food-related question, um, if we have more episodes, because who knows. Um, So this episode we get our question from Amy. So Amy, what is your question? So my question for this episode is kind of twofold. What is your everyday meal and what is your death row meal? Uh, I love asking this question when I meet new people because it puts them on the spot and I can not, see. It's not fucking weird at all. Yeah. <laughs> totally, right. totally normal. It's totally normal, but I can see right into their soul. With sure. Their okay. Yeah. So no pressure, guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, to give you an example, my answer is my everyday food is pizza. I've literally eaten pizza for two meals today. Mm-hmm. Ate it yesterday. And I asked you what you wanted. <laughs> and I said pizza. I was, it's pizza. It's messed um, up. Yeah. My death row food is chicken and waffles because it's delicious but it's usually kind of pricey and it will make me have a heart attack or die of the diabetes so (laughs) (laughs) i have to eat it sparingly is it pricey um well chicken's pricey i'm cheap when i go out to eat chicken is not pricey chicken (laughs) is like the base meat yeah okay that's the only meat i eat Wait, so, okay, can we, can we, oh, okay, can we clarify here for a second? So, when you say pizza, yeah, are we talking about, like, any, from anywhere? Do you guys, do you like, know me? <laughs> I have the palate of a five-year-old. We have had that You've grown a lot, though, have. since having I'll, children. I'll have yeah, like, there was pepperoni on that pizza. Yeah, that I'll eat pepperoni ate. pizza, and sometimes I'll have, like, spicy rice. What? Yeah. <laughs> I go crazy. But, yeah. Uh, I, I don't like very... Uh, diverse foods, I guess. So, yeah. We're we're working on it. We're yeah. working on I'm yeah. a work in progress. You eat a lot more now than you used to. True. I mean... A lot more diverse foods. Little <laughs> anecdote about uh, one of our hosts here, Amy. Um, <laughs> back when we first kind of became friends, I guess it wasn't when we first became friends. We were already best friends. But anyways. <laughs> best um, friends forever. Best friends forever. Um. I discovered that Amy had never had tacos. I eat tacos all the time now. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. I mean, of course you do. Tacos are fucking great. But Amy had never had tacos. So my husband and I were having tacos, and we decided to invite Amy over for tacos, right? Good. We had all the fixins, cheese, lettuce, tomato, whatever she could possibly want, mm-hmm. except for something that's weird because we're not, like, super adventurous eaters either. But all the taco stuff, right? She shows up to my house with a bag full of unseasoned cooked chicken to put on her tacos. I show her all these these toppings. This is what a delicious taco can be. You got some cheese, maybe some salsa, a little avocado, whatever. She takes this fucking colorless, unseasoned meat and throws it on a flour tortilla and eats it. Hey. 
Hey, it allowed me to dip my toe into the water. That is not a, a fuck. Water. That is not a fucking taco. What water? On no planet is that a fucking taco. That's like a. Guys, I don't. I don't think this is supposed to be the shame Amy's food. Well, I don't know what you thought this podcast was gonna be. Um. But anyway, so yeah, that's my fun anecdote about Amy. I I think this anecdote is just just like a really long ploy to avoid answering the question. All right, all right, (laughs) all right, all right. Shots fired. No, uh, I already have my answer, so whatever. So my everyday food is super banal and shitty, um, and it is just toast with some butter. Solid choice. And some peanut butter. Solid choice. Even though people think I'm weird that I put butter on my peanut butter toast because it's peanut butter. But peanut butter is not butter. No. Guys. Yeah. yeah you no. need the like the Salt. moistness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My oh. boss now will be really angry She's when she bark. listens mm-hmm. to this podcast <laughs> because it's bark. so moist. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's an especially gross word when you say it that way. But so peanut butter <laughs> toast. Simple. I could literally eat that every day of my life. It includes two of my all-time favorite things, bread and peanut butter. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you add butter. All things good. Very yummy. How can you go wrong? Right. Yeah. Death row food is not even something that I think I like. Oh, But okay. I would have like a shellfish <gasps> dinner. So like oh, scallops, lobster. Because you're just going to put yourself into animals. Yeah, because I'm allergic to shellfish yeah. and I'll die anyways. Perfect. And then I can take the fucking satisfaction from all those pieces of shit that show up to my execution and want to watch because dead. I already fucking be dead. For, well, you have a like a whole picture painted of what your execution would look like. Yeah, I was not. Oh, no, people will be there. I'm amazing. I'm like fucking Eileen <laughs> Wernos or whatever. Like, people know me. They're going to put me on fucking T-shirts. Wait, they're going to put my Zodiac sign on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I kill men. It's fine. Okay. All fictionally, right? Yeah. For this made up. Um, The police that are listening, I don't kill men. (laughs) I don't kill anybody, I mean. Ever. No. Ever. Right. Definitely not any of my ex-bosses or (laughs) ex-boyfriends or ex-girlfriends. Nothing. None of them. Yep. Don't kill anybody. Anyways, Kate, what's your answer? <laughs> okay, so on a um, so uh, also kind of just all day, every day, it's pasta for me. Yeah, like it's just also a solid choice. Yeah, I mean, I like that all three of us chose carbs. Carbs, because like, I mean, who can't obvious. eat carbs? I, I guess unless you're you have a gluten allergy, <laughs> right. then don't do that. Sorry, but. yeah, yeah. I mean, anybody that has pasta. a gluten. Yeah. Allergy. That's not fucking pasta. Stop. Okay. Okay. Anybody that has a gluten allergy or celiac, like I'm real sorry, I'm so and sorry. we don't mean to offend, no. but you're gonna apologize to the peanut allergy people too, Melissa. I was gonna say something really awful. I'm not going to. Good. I apologize <laughs> to anybody with allergies. You are are doing it, mm-hmm. and I could not. I had to not eat gluten for a month once because I have terrible intestinal issues. And one of the things they wanted to do was see if it was gluten or wheat. So I couldn't eat gluten for a month and I wanted to kill myself. Were you praying every day to the whatever deity that you were not gluten intolerant? Of course. Of course. <laughs> You're like, because no, if I was, I, it wouldn't ma- I'd just be sick forever. <laughs> yeah. I've tried that gluten-free stuff. Mm. I mean, some of it's okay. It's come a long way. It's, it's like true. vegan yeah. food. Like yeah. there's so many options now, but no. So sorry, interrupted you. That's- if you guys haven't noticed, I'm the interrupter. That's what I do. Everybody at my workplace will tell you that. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
That's very, because you're the best. You Continue. Pasta okay. every day food. So pasta every mm-hmm. day. However, yeah, um, preferably, you know, fresh. Handmade. Yeah. Um, so I thought we were doing like a whole meal for the dinner. Like it can not be. Just, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just came up with uh, basically I'm with Melissa on the seafood thing. So mm-hmm. it would absolutely be some sort of lobster something yeah except i think those things are gross but no. you genuinely like yes those things. oh yeah i mean for sure lobsters mate for life but anyways continue it's fine i'll have two <laughs> i'll have them both it's okay <laughs> uh and then cheesecake uh mm. yeah for oh. dessert yeah yeah mm-hmm. yep. yep like like a New York like style real, cheesecake? No, like a real, like I don't want any of that, you know, kind of too mushy, not too, too smooth. I want like, give me a real like four inch. I was so loud. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, you know, an actual cheesecake that's got the texture that it's supposed to have and with a little bit of sour cream on the top. And sour? Some, wait, yeah, sour cream yeah, on the top? Yeah, a little top? bit of a sour cream kind of glaze usually on Is the Is it top. like sweetened sour cream? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so it's kind of like a whipped cream but with sour cream. Yep, yep. I yep. don't know that I've ever had that. Or maybe I haven't. I just didn't know that's what it was. But I can get behind it. that. It's, it's, that yeah. sounds good. Does mm-hmm. your uh, death row cheesecake have a crust on the bottom? Um, I think it would have a crust only on the bottom. Yeah, not um, at the back or not whatever. Not the sides. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Graham cracker, you know, nice, mm. like, sweet and We're both living vicariously yep. through your description I mean, right now. I don't need a death row to eat a fucking good piece of cheesecake, well, we let could, me tell you. Yeah, that, we could make that happen. I think, guys, I'm hearing that we're going to make cheesecake for like next episode. Oh, my God. I've never made, like, a real cheesecake. Oh, I make a pretty good one. And, and actually, I was trying to decide whether it would be, um, like, a mocha swirl cheesecake or just a straight See, up? See, I I'm a cheesecake purist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. I I just like I don't even really like fruit on top of oh, my okay, cheesecake. Okay. Really, like look, I like something tart on top of it. If like you put a cheesecake in front of me and it's got strawberries on top, You're like not gonna I'm no. not gonna say no. Right, I right. like strawberries. Right. I like cheesecake, but or like if you put like a raspberry white chocolate cheesecake, like mm. I'll still eat it, but I would prefer just straight cheesecake. Normally, yes, I, I agree. Just a, Sick. Just Those are a, some good. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, guys. Those are some good choices. <laughs> I like it. And I'm getting thirsty. So normally someone's probably supposed to hand this off to me, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Interrupt. This is the Melissa show. Um, <laughs> so we're going to move on to my segment, which is the best segment because mm-hmm. it's the alcohol segment. Um, and we get this uh, out of the way right at the beginning so that I can talk about what we're drinking before I'm way too drunk to talk about what we're drinking, which is um, important. Seems like it's a solid logical. Chance. Yeah. Yeah. Opening things I shouldn't be opening. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> if we're doing great. These headphones, my ears are going to sweat off of my body, but it's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. So... Um, we try and pick a drink every episode. This is the first episode, obviously. But our plan, anyways, is to not hit the recording equipment. <laughs> our plan is to pick a drink that kind of relates to whatever our topic is for that episode. So this episode is hot cross buns and also kind of really tied into Catholicism and all oh, yes. of that sort of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you know me, you know I love religion. So <laughs> it's great. But um, in kind of looking at what could be a good drink to pair um i found out that dom perignon is actually named after a 
French Benedictine monk. Mm-hmm. And I thought, perfect excuse to drink Dom. So <laughs> yeah. that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. So first, we're going to talk about champagne first, right? Because not everybody that's listening maybe knows like what the designation is and like how it's made and all that sort of fun stuff. Um, so champagne's obviously a sparkling wine. Um, many people use this term champagne to describe all sparkling wines. Um, but in some countries it's actually illegal to do so. Um, and that's mostly because it has to be from champagne in order to be labeled Uh, champagne. So it's like, so if it's from, yeah. So if it's from Italy, it's, I believe it's Spumante, um, or maybe it's Prosecco. Prosecco. I don't know what. Spumante is one of them too, which kind of sounds like spunk, but whatever. (laughs) Um, champagne can only come from the champagne region. Um, and it's also, uh. And that's in France. And that's in France. Uh, baguette. Um, we're multicultural here. I apologize to all of our French listeners. We don't have any. It's fine. Hi, mom. Um, So uh, it has to be produced in that region and it has to be produced under the rules of appellation, which is basically like rules that govern a naming designation. So there's a bunch of other countries that have things. Something we'll be talking about in other episodes is like Ouzo can -hmm. only be produced in Greece. Mm -hmm. It has to be from specific regions of Greece in order to be called Ouzo, which is kind of an interesting thing. Um, So champagne's obviously an alcoholic drink. It's produced from grapes grown in the Champagne region of France. Um, Following the rules of demand, among other things, secondary fermentation of the wine in the bottle to create carbonation. So it gets fermented initially and then actually has a second fermentation to kind of get those lovely, beautiful little champagne bubbles that just make you go, ooh. (laughs) Um, Um, it also has to be the grapes have to be raised under specific vineyard practices sourcing of grapes exclusively from specific parcels in the champagne appellation and specific pressing regimes unique to the region so there's a lot of rules in order for something to be called champagne so this really is like it's kind of funny and obviously we'll talk about the the food a little bit later Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of rules not necessarily about hot cross buns but about like catholicism (laughs) like catholics love their rules so it's it's kind of funny that both the drink and the food (laughs) coincide in that way taking these headphones off they're killing me so none of you fuck up the sound because the headphones are gone all right fair enough um so, yeah, 100%. Um, a lot of places have really specific rules. Um, even wine itself, which I'm sure we'll get into way more in future episodes of the show, um, certain grapes only come from specific regions. So then those certain wines can only come from those specific re- regions. Um, it's actually really crazy and interesting and, like, convoluted. Um, and I will never fully understand it. Um, so in France, this first sparkling champagne was created accidentally. Um, the pressure in the bottle led to it be ca- to be called the devil's wine. Oh, that so, sounds awesome. So here's my first attempt at a French thing. La- <laughs> oh, boy. La vin du diable. Oh. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah. If you're French, I apologize. Um, <laughs> so bottles exploded and corks popped. 
um, as they kind of fermented for that second time and got all like carbonated and good. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, bubbles were considered a fault. So it was like not a good thing. It was just something that was kind of a- happening accidentally, like most delicious and good things. Science. Yeah. Yes, science. <laughs> before we had before any we had understanding of what science was. Understood what was happening. And I mean, really, mm. how can you know? There's no way to know. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then in 1844... Adolf, Adolf Jacquesson, mm. <laughs> probably made that sound more French than it's actually supposed to sound, um, invented the mucilette to prevent the corks from blowing out. So that's that little kind of like wire and top that goes over the cork ah. on champagne so that they don't just explode up. They're like adhered to the bottle. I, I like that that guy was like, you know, this tastes good. Let's just invent we, a new yeah. topper for it right. and drink it like anyway. These keep, not really a these problem. These keep popping yeah. their tops, yeah. but it's delicious. Yeah. So <laughs> let's fix that. Mucilette. Um, yeah, initially they were difficult to apply and inconvenient to remove. Hmm. I don't know why I didn't research any more than that. So <laughs> uh, in the 19th century, champagne was noticeably sweeter than the champagnes of today. And the trend towards drier champagne became with, be, mm, began, mm-hmm. words are hard, <laughs> when Pierre Jouet decided not to sweeten his 1846 vintage before exporting it to London. The designation Brut Champagne was created for the British in 1876. Did you say Brut? Brut. Yeah, it means like not sweet, dry, so dry. Yeah. So yeah, a way to describe, again, in case people don't know, um, dryness is basically sweetness. So the, okay. the less sweet a wine is, the drier it is. Uh, it also kind of makes you go a little like yeah. <laughs> when you drink it um, <laughs> because it's not super sweet. So like the wine we drank earlier the, was a sweet Riesling. So we that pre-gamed we, a little. Oh, of guys. course we pre-gamed. Uh, we didn't pre-game <laughs> enough, let me tell you. Um, that was like a really like not dry at all yeah. Riesling because it was really sweet. It was like sweet. juice. Yeah, it was basically like juice. Now, <laughs> this is a word I can't pronounce at all. It's méthode champenois. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, is the traditional method by which champagne is produced. So again, we talk about that second fermentation. So after primary fermentation and bottling, a second alcoholic fermentation occurs in the bottle. This second fermentation is induced by adding several grams of yeast and rock sugar to the bottle. Although each brand has its kind of own secret recipe on how they do this. Um, Again, another French terminology. According to the Appellation Diogène Controlé, just which is essentially protected designation of origin, which mm-hmm. we ta- kind of talked about earlier. Um, a minimum of one and a half years is required to completely develop all the flavor. Oh. So it has to ferment for at least one and a half okay. years. Yeah. So for years where the harvest is exceptional, a millisime, 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 it just means vintage. So we'll just say a vintage is declared <laughs> and some champagne will be made from and labeled as the products of a single vintage rather than a blend of multiple years harvest. So this means that the champagne will be very good and has to mature at least three years. During this time, the champagne bottle is sealed with a crown cap similar to that used on beer bottles. So like that oh, little like yeah. thing you get. Fun fact, Ooh. the first alcoholic beverage I drank in my life, uh, well, no, not in my life. That's a complete lie. Uh, there's, 
I drank probably more than I should have before I turned 21. Sorry. Uh, that's um, like a rite of passage, yeah, especially in America. Well, probably more so in other countries since you only have to be 18. Yeah. But anyways, continue. But I got married very young. I got married at 18. Fucking weird. Yeah, I know. Weird. <laughs> um, we're still happily still together. Married, guys. Still married, guys. Still married. So while we're still together. Like Eve, that's exceptional. Mm-hmm. Love you, Jake. Aww. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, there was obviously champagne at my wedding, but mm-hmm. I wasn't of legal age to drink. But it's your wedding. But it's my wedding, so I was like, fuck that. And I just kept pouring myself glasses of champagne. Nobody said anything. No. Who's no. going to say anything on your wedding? To the bride. Yeah. It's my day, damn it. Yeah, no, that's that's playing with fire. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's poking the bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want to do that. That's cute, though. <laughs> that's cute. That's so cute. <laughs> that's cute. Oh, what was? That's cute. Uh, side what was everyone's first alcoholic beverage? I'll go first. Oh, gosh. Go for it. Peach snaps. Ooh. Disgusting. Ugh. Yeah. Now, look, that's probably not true. I've probably drunken, drank, drunken. Mm. Drink. Drinked? Drinked. Mm. I probably had alcohol before that, but I don't. That's my first memory. Mm-hmm. And that was when I was in middle school. Where I was living with my aunt and she had a liquor cabinet with very dusty bottles of liquor. (laughs) And she had a bottle all the way in the back of peach schnapps that was almost full. So my best friend at the time and me snuck out of the house when she slept over and just fucking like we put back probably half of that bottle. And then we just filled it with water and put it back. And as far as I know, I mean, she she definitely doesn't have that bottle anymore. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure we got away with it. Hmm, I'm calling it. Got away with it. Now you're telling now you're telling she's me. not gonna listen no i love you francis you're my everything but she's not listening <laughs> your mom's listening probably not that requires like having like uh, any knowledge of the internet <laughs> um i mean she is the one and only reason i made the facebook page though so no <laughs> you know because she's not gonna see follow me on instagram or twitter or any yeah, of that stuff yeah. but she is on facebook so we love you That's melissa's good. mom yeah melissa's yeah. mom is great Yay. I like to speak in the third person sometimes. <laughs> That's okay. But yeah, so peach snaps. But a funny other anecdote, mm. uh, my brother's first, I don't know if it was his first drink of alcohol, but first like real experience with alcohol was when we were pretty young. I don't know how old I was, but he's four years older than me. So he was older and we were at home and a bunch of our family were over and they were drinking tequila. And this yeah. was the tequila with the worm in it. <gasps> Uh, my my uncle skip would finish the bottle and he would eat the worm mm, yeah i just thinking about that if anybody knows why people do that let mm, us know don't let us know because i don't give a shit because that's gross <laughs> um no i kid i kid let us know because genuinely is it just tasty or does it have some like does it get you more drunk or but anyways is it just the cool factor i mean really. i didn't think it was very cool oh. but i was also like seven right. or something so so they were all hanging out, drinking. We were downstairs, probably past our bedtime, whatever. And my brother just kept begging and begging and begging to try some tequila. Mm. Oh. And my mom's way of raising us was she would tell us that we shouldn't do something or we didn't want to do something. But then if we persisted, and obviously it wasn't something that was going to kill us, mm-hmm. she'd go, okay, go ahead, which I have another story about that for you. <laughs> um, but in this case, he kept asking, kept asking. She said, okay. So she poured him like half a shot, right? Mm-hmm. slammed it down just slammed it down and i'm sitting there and i'm watching him i'm like oh he's so cool look at him he's drinking tequila that's so cool immediately his red his reds his ears just turned bright fucking red 
<laughs> and then that spread to the rest of his face. And then he just started bawling. <laughs> oh. Just. That's how I feel when I drink bad tequila, too. Crying. <laughs> and my mom just stood there and just looked at him and went, well, I told you. Yep. I told you you didn't want to do it. She did the same thing to me with uh, spicy mustard at the Chinese food restaurant. Almost the same exact scenario. Also all red in tears and haven't eaten spicy mustard since that day. Cool. But yeah. Nice. That's beautiful. Nice sidetracks, guys. (laughs) What were we talking about? We're talking about champagne. Champagne. So after aging, the bottle is manipulated either manually or mechanically in a process called remuage or riddling. Riddling. Ooh, riddling. So that the lees... Settle in the neck of the bottle. So the lees is like kind of like all the bits that are left over after fermentation, like all the yeast and stuff. Uh, okay. And um, I'm probably getting that wrong. And I'm really sorry if I am, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, so after chilling the bottles, the neck is frozen and the cap is removed. So that's that little, little beer cap. Mm-hmm. cap. The pressure in the bottle forces out the ice containing the lees. And the oh. bottle is quickly corked to maintain the carbon dioxide. That is really cool. Yeah, Yeah, it's really cool. Some wine from previous vintages, as well as additional sugar, le dosage, uh, is added to maintain the level within the bottle and, importantly, adjust the sweetness of the finished wine. So if you don't know anything about, like, fermentation or wine or anything, like, there has to be sugar left in there in order for the yeast to feed. Right. So, like, when you're making alcohol, like, hard liquor, that's why there's that distillation process because, like, at some point, the the bottle gets too alcoholic and it just kills the yeast. And that's when they take it out and they start distilling it to get the alcohol. But in the case of wine or beer or anything like that, there's enough sugar in there to kind of like keep that yeast active so that you can continue to ferment. So now we're going to go on to Dom Perignon specifically because that's what we're fucking drinking. And this uh, segment isn't long enough. (laughs) So we're going to go on. So vintage Dom Perignon champagne is produced by Champagne House Moet and Chandon, which I actually didn't know until I started researching this. I didn't even realize they were the same. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The same company. Um, it is the house's prestige champagne. So while you can get a bottle of Moet and Chandon Imperial, which is our backup bottle for tonight, because yeah. we're going to crush this bottle of Dom Perignon. <laughs> um, I don't even remember what I was saying. I started thinking about the Dom Perignon. You were mm-hmm. just so excited And my about brain it. just went fucking wet. Oh, the price. That's what I was talking yep. about. So you can get a bottle of uh, Moet uh, and Chandon, like Imperial Brut or whatever, for like 35 bucks, 40 bucks. So, I mean, it's still like for rich, rich for my blood. Yeah. Like I don't spend that much on wine. Um, but a Dom, a good bottle of Dom Perignon, just the standard like vintage, is like 150 bucks. And then you can get the P2, which is like $250. And then they also have Rosé and a couple other variations that are more expensive. Uh, so it's fancy as shit. Sounds like yeah, it. Yeah, that's like some gold-plated shit. Like, yeah. That's what that is. So We're it's, not messing around. No. Yeah. So it's named after a Benedictine monk and cellar master, Dom Perignon. So contrary to popular belief, he did not discover the method for which champagne is made, which we kind of already talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, however, a pioneer in the field, essentially. I love that a monk is a pioneer or was a pioneer in the field well, of they were science making. people yeah, like, yeah. Was, like, that's, they actually were like that like looking into wine and just all that stuff a lot of the pioneers were monks like yeah. it just seems super common yeah 
this one's just happening. I'm sure there's a ton that are named after monks, too. This is just the one we're talking about. Yeah. Um, Neato. So he pioneered, pioneered tons of winemaking techniques in the 1670s. Brother <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know, though, man. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, including blending grapes to improve quality, balance flavors, and deal with off flavors. He also perfected the art of getting clear white wines from black grapes, knew when to bottle sparkling wines in order to capture the bubbles, and introduced corks instead of wood to keep wines fresh. And used thicker glass bottles because the ones they were using used to blow up all the time. Wow. So he... Did a whole bunch yeah, of yeah, he innovated one hundred percent. So you. yeah, through Thank the through the ages, you <laughs> sir, you are a hero. Yeah. So the why first... don't we teach him instead of Sir Isaac Newton in school? I mean, I, Sir Isaac Newton did some good stuff. Why don't we teach him instead of fucking Christopher Columbus? Ooh. Yes, good point. Yeah, I mean, he was a monster. Although I, Isaac Newton probably has some skeletons in his closet. Yeah, he's a man of science. Yeah, but he also like lived in olden times and was a white man. That's true. It's uh, like it's like ultra trash. Like now a white man's just kinda trash. Hashtag not all men. Um <laughs> but back then, I mean he was probably like racist and misogynist and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I might be making that up. Sorry if I'm blaspheming the name of, of Sir Isaac Newton. I apologize. Yeah, maybe we'll do an episode because he, he's kind of food related. He's apples. apples. <laughs> <laughs> oh so- my god, Amy, you're right. That's so food related. <laughs> So we'll do some research and get back to you. I think that's a brilliant idea. (laughs) Moving on. The first batch of Dom was made in 1921 and released for sale in 1936. So up until the 1943 vintage, Dom was produced from regular Moet and Chandon champagne that was transferred to the special 18th century style bottles after extended cellaring. So they basically used to take champagne they already made and then transfer it and then age it more and then bottle it as Dom. So was this like the leftover champagne that they could yeah. sell for me? <laughs> I think maybe. They're just like rebranding. And they're I like, mean, all about let's rebranding. charge three times more That's about right. it. Yeah, Everybody's going to want it. Yeah, no, they brought in a marketing team yep. full of sharks yep. and they yep. were just like, take this trash. Brilliant. And let's, let's yeah. do it under the name of a religious monk. <laughs> That sounds likely. I think that's what happened. Um, (laughs) But from 1947 on, Dom is produced separately from the start. So it is its own thing. So uh, Dom Perignon is always a mix of uh, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay grapes. Okay. Um, Although the final composition changes every vintage. So sometimes it's 60-40, sometimes it's 50-50. It really depends. Um, I always find it really interesting when light wines are made from like dark grapes. Like you expect like Pinot Noir is a dark like red wine, um, but it makes kind of this like color just delicious when it mixes with the Chardonnay, which Mm -hmm. is also weird because I'm not a huge fan of Chardonnay. Yeah. Um, But I might maybe have just never had a good one. Who knows? So I'm going to finish up with just some fun facts about champagne to blow your mind. What? Yeah, so uh, in 1971, the Shah of Iran ordered bottles of the first vintage of Dom Perignon Rosé for the 2,500th year celebration of the Persian Empire. Mm -hmm. A bottle of that champagne was sold at auction in 2008 for 24,758 euros or roughly 28,000 American dollars. Oh, goodness. Wow. Who the fuck has that much money 
to spend on a bottle of champagne. Wait, you said, but you said it was to sell it from the Shah of Iran. So the Shah of Iran bought the original ones. And, okay. Back in 1971. But not all of them were used. Right. So in 2008, one of those bottles was sold at auction for $28,000. So it probably also has a lot to do with politics. Because yeah, I don't care though. The shot was overthrown by sure. American-backed CIA agents. Of and course. The, and the modern government that's in there now is, which is with the Grand Ayatollah. It's a whole thing. We can I'm, do an episode on that too. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll get so ragey though. <laughs> U.S. imperialism for the win. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, twenty eight thousand dollars. What That's, the fuck? So there's here's the question, right? Like, do you drink that wine, or you just keep that? Bottle? I don't know. Like, I think you keep thing. it for a really important occasion, but you but probably like, die before right. that. You yeah. realize what that occasion right. is. Like, I feel like, and not all wine gets better with age. So, are you talking? We're talking about something that's now vinegar. Right, like uh, it's just—I don't know. No, I'm just—I should know because I did all this research, but I don't mix know. Mix it with Sprite; it'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my nineteen, my uh, 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 nineteen seventy-one. Oh no, it was the first vintage. So what, nineteen? Oh my god, twenty-four. Yeah. Oh man, I gotta look back. Nineteen twenty-one. No, <laughs> so nineteen twenty-one. I'm gonna just mix that with some fucking sprite. Yep. Wait, you got a you got a mist twist. <laughs> mix it with some mist twist. I like the mist twist because it's not as sweet as the sprite, <laughs> unless it's the Mexican sprite. That shit's good. That is good. Yeah. <laughs> cool. In 1981, <laughs> Dom Perignon was chosen for the wedding of Lady Diana Spencer and Prince Charles. Oh, that didn't end well. <laughs> the magnums of Dom Perignon vintage 1961 served on that July 29th carried a special insignia created just for the ceremony. Oh. It did not make them love each other. No. Yeah. I just I heard a juicy rumor too about the young British royals, which Ooh. we don't have to get into. Oh, is right this now. about the the couple that they stopped being friends with because it yeah, will because the, yeah. slept with yep. Rose or whatever? Yep. Yeah, I was reading about that today. And they're all blaming not a Meghan Markle. We're with you, Megan. How is it Megan's fault? Because she's they're saying the American the, in the frostiness and and multiracial. Let's not forget the racism right. part. But they're saying that the frostiness is from between the families is because of her, not because Harry's mad at his brother Will for fucking around. <laughs> it's all Will's fault. Will acting like we don't his dad. even know that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, poor boy. We don't even know that that... These are disgusting rumors. I only read half of the article. I don't know. I got I didn't read any article. I read somebody's You read a uh, a a headline? No, a Twitter rant. Oh, obviously, it's true then. (laughs) It was like 50 tweets long. (laughs) All right. All right. It gets more relevant with extra. I've got three more facts, guys. I got three more facts. We can get through this. I'm going to save one for the end, though, because it's fucking crazy. So just be ready for that. Okay. So uh, champagne could help prevent memory loss. Drink it up. Could or will? Could. (laughs) While alcohol is widely regarded to kill brain cells, according to new research, one to three glasses of champagne weekly could actually help to counteract memory loss and could even aid in degenerative brain disorders like dementia. Specifically, the researchers found that phenolic compounds in champagne support proteins linked to storing memories. These proteins diminish as you age, but champagne was shown to slow that process. So get (laughs) fucking wild. (laughs) 
Wow. You have a really nice game show announcer voice. When you <laughs> well, <laughs> let's get ready to rumble. Also, I'm more skeptical of that than of the Meghan Markle. <laughs> Phenolic uh, compounds, Amy. Yeah. Phenolic compounds. Science. science. I think like that's going to be our mantra science. the whole episode. Science. science. You can't argue with science. <laughs> now, here's one that's my favorite because this is my favorite type of drinking goblet. I served our drunk dish cocktail to you in it. Ooh. So before modern day flutes, the coupe was the go-to glass for champagne. And this was reported to have been molded from Marie Antoinette's left breast. I love how specific it is. Wow. Left breast. Not yeah. right breast. No. Right breast was a fucking mess. <laughs> Left breast. Mm. Perfection. <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> Very round. I mean, a coupe. I mean, well, except that, which side is yeah. her? Is the flat well, side the front of her breast? That's what I was wondering. Or, mm, okay. Or is it just the... It's, I think it's the curvature yeah, of the probably, of the yeah, glass. Curvature. Beautiful, lovely to drink out of, and very nice suckle. in the hand to hold. Yeah, hefty. Yep. but not too heavy. No, you no. know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so There's a lot of hand gestures going on that you guys can't see. audio podcast. <laughs> so, last fact before we get into busting this fucking girl open. Is something that blew my fucking mind when I read this. I, I was not drink water before you I say was, this. It, I don't know that you'll think it. Oh, hi, kitten. I don't know that you'll find it that funny. Um, it's not that it's funny. It's just crazy to me. Okay. I was telling everybody at my work about it. They didn't care, but I was telling them anyways. <laughs> so a cork can reach speeds of 64 kilometers an hour. So that's almost 40 miles per hour. Wow. The extreme pressure means that the cork once popped is fast. It can reach speeds of 64, like I just said, and I wrote it in my notes twice, uh, sometimes in excess of this. Because of this, it kills more people each year than poisonous spiders. What? Even in Australia. And of the almost 24 champagne-related fatalities annually, more than a third occur at weddings. What? Oh, what? Like, poor brides. 24 annually. That's crazy. Die from champagne corks. So when you think it's funny to like point the champagne bottle at your friend when you like pop that cork, no, they funny. could fucking die. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do it anyways because I'm not a monster. But right. like I could see how someone would be like, oh, it's funny. It's not going to hurt like you. getting hit by a cork bullet. Yeah. It could <sighs> fucking kill you. So I, another food related fatality. I burped a little thing. bit. Oh, that cool. <laughs> I, did, I did a few minutes ago too. And I was like, I hope the microphone didn't pick that up. A um, hundred people die every year from coconuts. I I, heard, I remember hearing that. Yeah, they're fucking I, hard. I don't know if it's getting hit from or it's gotta be. Yeah, it's or gotta be from them fall- allergies, like related. Well, to, if it's like, allergies, that's in. just a nut allergy. Yeah, I don't know. So that I number I think would be a lot. Coconut. It's, I, I like, think yeah. it's falling coconuts. Because those, I mean, stop you, fucking standing under coconut trees. Really, people who there. live there and literally can't not do it. I believe I'm a privileged white American. I was gonna say I believe Mickey Mouse and the Roadster Racers because there's an episode. I have kids, everybody who's listening that doesn't know me. Um. So, like, no one because only our friends and family are listening to this. Hush. Okay. There's an episode where Mickey and the gang go to Hawaii. And then there's a hippo who's doing hula, which is great alliteration. And then she, like, hip checks a coconut tree to get the coconut out and it falls. And then some other animal does a somersault and catches it in a woven basket. Oh. See, I I was going to say it was probably Moana's fault. No, like for going and getting Maui. Yeah, that. that's true. I've seen that movie. I get that reference. 
So, <laughs> as I'm trying to get the, you're not supposed to take the foil all the way off, I guess. So I'm like really? doing this wrong. Oh, okay. um, I also might not be close enough to the mic, but whatever. I got to get this sweet baby girl open. Maybe not that you're excited. So, we will be <laughs> drinking the 2009 vintage Dom Perignon. So, I got some notes here. Gorgeous aromas mm. of cream, apple, mango, honeysuckle, and chalk. Chalk. So, yeah. So this is a thing I've been learning about in my wine adventures. So when they talk about those, they're talking about like minerality. 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 So like okay. a wine can have a taste or an aroma of like wet rock mm-hmm. or dry rock or mm-hmm. or chalk okay. or... Or, but it, it's like a, it's like a, it's not obviously like, oh, I'm not putting a wet rock in my mouth. You know what I mean? Is that, is that a back of the palate? Probably. Flavor? I don't know. I yeah, didn't, okay. I didn't pay attention. Okay. Uh, and follow through to a full body and super fine, tight texture. Just like my behind. <laughs> Except not. <laughs> um, and I also have a little bit from the actual Dom Perignon website about this particular vintage. The stretch of excellent weather condition of 2009 was unprecedented and allowed us to explore new frontiers of grape ripeness and champagne. The vintage offers a taste of the ripest and richest fruit, grapes in their prime, with the promise of the future wine's freshness and energy. The 2009 vintage brings a prodigious, sunny, bold, and generous decade to a close. So I'm taking that little uh, musillette thing off. I'm real worried you're going to. You gonna... should not have gotten as far as the oubliette. Huh? No. Oh, the oubliette? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. Ah, my headphones. All right. Something. This is. Something's going to go wrong. Yeah. Because I, I want to, like, I want you guys to hear this champagne. Yeah. Whatever this goes I, wrong, we'll the, narrate this it. This needs to be. <laughs> it um, needs to be documented. Forever. For science. Yeah. Oh! Woo! <laughs> oh! I knew it was coming! Wow! <laughs> Oh, oh! All right. There Let's... was some. There was a mist that came off. Of oh that. yeah, because it's chill, baby. Yeah. You get that sound in the mic. Oh. Oh. It's not as chilled as I would like because I took it out for you, dum dums. So we'd have it ready for Kate. <sighs> fancy, fancy. Oh no! Spill it. No spilling. No spilling. All right. This is this is enthralling audio though for everybody. Don't sip yet. We got a cheers. No, I'm, I'm smelling it. I'm seeing if I can smell the chalk. <laughs> <laughs> Honeysuckle. Honeysuckle. Uh mango. Ooh. Apple. That smells and good. Cream. It's so bubbly. That's that second fermentation, baby. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh. It's so heavy. I just want to drink it. <laughs> Why do we have to fucking deal with glasses? Because we didn't buy three bottles. Yeah, we can't just drink from the bottle. <laughs> I mean, I guess we could just drink from the bottle, but. All right. Fucking first episode of Drunk Dish, baby. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. Oh. See, I hit the microphone with it. Beautiful. I was going to. All right. Oh, that's really good. It's so smooth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right? And then it almost like dissipates, like yeah, like, like it evaporates. You know, out of like your mouth. some champ or not even necessarily champagne, but sparkling Stays wine. There. You get that like mm-hmm. bitterness. Oh, that's good. Oh, and don't worry, my babies. I have a backup bottle, not a not a backup bottle of 
Dom Perignon, but I've got to back a bottle of Moet and Chandon. So we're we're in the same family. Yeah. Oh, so good. All right. Wow. Right. So now I'm going to throw it over to Amy so I can fucking relax a little bit because I am <laughs> sweating my tits off. It's very warm in here. Oh, God, it's so fucking warm. It is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the bubbles. <laughs> that, that was great. I'm really glad that we captured that. <laughs> All right. Uh, edit so, in post, edit in post, edit in post. Oh, no. I'm not. Come on. I'm fucking lazy. I'm not editing anything. Y'all are getting this raw, baby. This is that that triple X stuff. Oh boy. Okay, so it's it's my job to educate you all about yeah. hot cross buns. Yeah. So, um, you guys know what hot cross buns are first. I, right? I mean, we should, do we should not start know the what a hot cross bun is. Are you saying that for the I'm audience? One hundred percent. I d- purposely have not looked into what a hot cross bun was Ooh, so because i did not know what it was this is exciting my only knowledge of hot cross buns is from great british bake-off mm-hmm. they made them mm-hmm. i don't know if they're sweet i assume they're sweet but i don't know uh, i want to make them but i haven't and i haven't looked at a single recipe okay so i know it's a yeasted dough yep i assume like a yeasted enriched you 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 go, me, Amy. Yeah, I don't. Sorry, you. No, Guys, it's fine. If you don't haven't noticed, I have a hard time not being the center of attention. So it's, I'm just gonna drink my champagne. <laughs> okay, so you're right. They're a sweet bread. Um, usually they're served around Easter time, and we are now around Easter time, so it's a perfect time to talk about hot cross buns. Um, a lot of the hot cross buns that you may see in like the store will have icing on them in the shape of a cross. Okay, so this because is, of, because of Jesus, because of Jesus, which this we'll is talk what about I was unclear <laughs> about whether it was hot cross buns mm-hmm. or hot cross buns. Like I wasn't quite sure. Like the cross was hot. Yeah. Well, or that if they were in a cross. Or like, isn't hot okay. cross? No, hot cross is in a game. That's hopscotch. Never mind. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Melissa does also, not have kids. Also, kind of in a cross. <laughs> kids are terrible. Oh, yeah. I mean they're great. They're very smelly. Um, so anyways. And ruin your life. Hot cross buns. They're sweet bread. Usually served on Easter. Uh, and they've been considered a Catholic specific food since the Middle Ages. Wow, that's record time, Melissa. That's great. Wow. Um, so there's only enough in here for, th- for, for four glasses. Ah. Uh, so. No way. Yeah? Maybe not. Oh, no. There's there's more. Sorry. I, I am so sorry, Amy. Continue. <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, so before we talk about like the actual hot cross buns, we're going to talk a little bit about Catholicism first. Woo! Get yes. lit! I'm going to need more wine for this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and ahead of time, I apologize to all of my Catholic family members uh, who may or may not listen to this. I may get angry worded emails afterwards, but it's cool. That means that means you're doing it right. Right. It's not perfect. Critical facts, analysis of history. Facts only. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, facts. Facts. <laughs> So, hot cross buns, uh, like I said, they're usually around Easter, so we got to talk about Easter a little bit, right? Uh, and Good Friday. Uh, so, Good Friday is actually the anniversary of Jesus' death. Those of you who are not raised Christian or Catholic, why is it called Good Friday? I was, yeah, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> like, I know that, like, you know, that that's his, his death and, like, the resurrection is Easter and, mm-hmm. like, all that fucking shit and mm-hmm. Christmas is his birthday, even though it's not really. Yeah. 
but why yeah why would you call it good friday so most words most modern words with good in them are actually derived from uh old english words that have the word god in them so like goody proctor yes like it means like of god like exactly (laughs) and we'll be talking about goody proctor on a later hopefully if we're still here (laughs) you're so pessimistic i'm realistic I'm, I'm laughing because because there's a song about hot cross buns and we talked about whether or not we were going to play it or sing it or it what. might go at the end of this episode yeah and i can probably find a royalty free version oh of I'm, it. Su- I'm sure that all of them are royalty could we just sing it royalty free. all of Maybe them are royalty <laughs> it's the queen singing hot cross buns <laughs> i don't know what the queen sounds like she's old that's all i know i'm pretty sure it's just like that. she sounds though. like julia child <laughs> Pearl, put some in here and some for me. That's great. That's great. I'm sorry, Julia. I apologize to your ghost. You were a treasure. I'm sorry. An absolute treasure. An absolute treasure. I okay. loved you in that movie. Okay. <laughs> okay, we have to talk a little bit about Good Friday, right? Which yes. is... Jesus' death, Easter is his resurrection, mm-hmm. and then leading up to Good Friday in Easter is a whole season called Lent. Do you guys know what Lent is? Uh, you give shit up. Yeah. So uh, there's a, a- Like you sacrifice, but then I don't know why you sacrifice. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's like uh, paying penance. So like you're supposed to uh, mimic Jesus' time in the desert and reflect on your life and- and look at what your the modern kind of interpretation is looking at what vices you've kind of let yourself succumb to. Sure, sure. So, like being a filthy American capitalist. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yes. they're going to give anything I was going to say, Lent. a lot of modern Catholics give up alcohol. Or chocolate. Can I say, you are making so much noise on the mic. Your phone goes off and I can hear it. You've got your note. You're a fucking mess, woman. It's funny because she's Sorry. laughing real hard right now. Yeah, no, but you're you can't fine. hear her laughing because of how hard <laughs> yeah, she's no, laughing. She, everything else she does is the fucking noisiest <laughs> thing in the world, but her laugh completely silent. It's really weird. Kate, I love you. You're fine. You're great. Okay. Everybody loves you. You're amazing. So with everything with Catholicism, just like with with champagne making and wine making, there's a hell of a lot of rules. Okay, so um, I, I don't know if you guys have ever uh, watched or heard. Uh, Jim Gaffigan stand up but he he's a Catholic comedian he has a line where he's like Catholicism is pretty much if it feels good stop it and like that's like probably the most succinct way but I thought I thought Catholicism more was like you do bad stuff and like you feel guilty all the time but then also you can just go to confession and you're forgiven and you're good to go out and do more like I say quote unquote bad stuff because you're not it's not actually bad stuff like oh I lusted after my neighbor or whatever I don't know what Catholics yeah. do, but I mean that's changed. We're all going to be burping now because yeah, because champagne, champagne is so bubbly. Sorry, listeners. Future reference: carbonated beverages <laughs> probably not the best, but oh, <laughs> fucking tastes good. So worth it. Yeah, I mean it's changed throughout the ages, so it's depend on depending on like what time period you're in, what your social economic status is, what your country of origin is. Like all those things have influenced kind of like the way that you can what you're like get out of jail free through confessional card looks like um and we, we can talk about that more in depth too but essentially like you know in the middle ages or um in the 14 1500s if you had a lot of money 
and you did a bunch of bad stuff, not only could you go to confessional, but you could also to like give extra money to the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that was when there was a rise of Protestantism and the church was doing crazy fundraising drives because they're like, I know, we'll entice people with like uh, art and music and like showbiz and razzle dazzle and like they needed money for all that. That was like the time of like Michelangelo. <laughs> razzle dazzle <-ums. Yes. laughs> And they'll never see you coming. So close. Melissa. I'm Richard Gere. So close. <laughs> right. <laughs> Modern Catholicism is a little bit different. And it's different even, like, like if you're in the States versus, like, in, like, Europe in Catholic. Or if you're Greek Orthodox Catholic or Roman Catholic. Yeah. Because even though those ch two churches joined, they still have very different practices. Like, Greek Orthodox priests can be married. Roman Catholic priests can't be. Yep. Can I just say real quick, like, Greek churches are Amazing. beautiful. Beautiful. And Absolutely they're full amazing. of so much symbolism. There's, like... If you go to ever go to a Greek Orthodox uh, church, there's like a screen. There's like a, you know, on the platform or I call it a stage area. I'm a bad ex-Catholic. Um, <laughs> the the, the dais. Yeah. But there's like a this beautiful screen and it's supposed to represent like the veil between like heaven and earth. It's just like full of so much symbolism and beauty. Like even though I don't believe in the the stuff, it's right. pretty. It's still pretty. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I am extremely anti-religion mm -hmm. um i feel like oftentimes it brings out the worst in people i, I do admit that a lot of religious organizations <laughs> do a lot of good and i work with a lot of those organizations and like that's great but i find like all the god stuff like why do we need some person up in the sky to tell us to be ethical but anyways right i still find religious really uh, religious <laughs> that's a champagne talking I do find religions really interesting and especially Catholicism. Like they just have some really gorgeous imagery. And you know how I feel about priests. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mel Melissa has a thing. No, for... only the hot ones. Like you put well, yeah. you and McGregor in a fucking priest outfit and Bye. I am fucking there. Or Gabriel Byrne and Stigmata. Yep. yep. It's just something about them not being allowed to like, yeah. you know, get down to it. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. It's a I thing. Understand. You've growled twice now. Oh, young Pope Jude <laughs> Law. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, yeah. so like it is really beautiful and really interesting. And I think the lore is really interesting. I just have a problem with people taking it literally. And using it to restrict like. Yeah. Like women. saying, oh, you can't be gay. God says so. Well, right. you know, fuck off. Anyways. Cool. Um. So, yeah. So all of this. Is about Lent. That was, that was what we were talking about, right? Oh, right. Lent. Yeah. Giving stuff Giving up. Giving stuff up, right? For for uh, for God and mm -hmm. for Jesus. <laughs> Which, and like most people I feel like give up meat and like that's actually really fucking easy to do. So only just on like. Fridays. Yeah, get, only on only Fridays. Only on Fridays. So it used to be. It used to no, be. I mean for Lent. No. No. Only on, only Fridays. on Fridays. But like now. don't people choose no. what they give up? Like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm not going to have chocolate. There's, no. So like, so it used to be 40 days of fasting. Like that Josh Hartnett movie. He doesn't masturbate or have sex for 40 days and 40 nights. You'll have to. Shannon Sossaman's oh, in it. Yeah. And she they he yeah. makes her orgasm with a feather. Okay. Hmm. I feel like that's circumventing the rules. It's not a good movie. Yeah. Well, but he doesn't orgasm. Yeah, but still. But I, she does. Anyways, <laughs> oh, boy, does she. It's not um, a good movie. <laughs> so it used to be that you would have like 40 days of fasting, which doesn't mean no food or, or drinking at all i was gonna say that yeah, no, no, that's called an eating disorder yeah you would die. you would die no so fasting like biblical fasting actually means you can't eat when the sun is up 
So like you can have a breakfast in the morning before the sun comes up. To Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you do if you're Catholic and you're in one of those places where there's 24 hours of darkness. Careful with the glasses. Sorry, that was me. So, so it didn't mean like no eating or drinking for 40s. It just meant during sunlight hours. Okay. Okay, so you can like party hard at night. Right. And and the people who like you'd think, oh, it's gonna be hard for them, like the elderly or young children or pregnant ladies, they're all exempt from it anyways, right? Like Well, sure, yeah, because they have other right things to think about. And fasting in this method is like actually still really popular in certain parts of the world and certain religions, like um Orthodox Jews still do it. Um People who follow Islam do it. I can't think of words right now. <laughs> I told you, words are hard. Words are hard, especially when you're drinking. Um, You've, I mean, you're talking. And I barely, so yeah, I barely. We're gonna be a bit ahead of you by the end of this podcast, <laughs> which is I'm great. on my second glass. It's gonna make for great questions. Um, so it used to be that <laughs> for 40 days you couldn't you couldn't eat or drink uh, from Ash Wednesday up until Easter. That's the forehead thing. Right. That's so. You'll notice that it's Ash Wednesday when that's uh, after Good Friday or no. Before? Ash Wednesday's before. Ash Wednesday is forty days before Easter. Good Friday is a few days before Easter. Good Friday is the Friday before Easter. Sunday. Oh shit! I thought Good Friday already happened. Nope. You Ash know what? Wednesday no. Already happened. Someone told me that at work because I was confused about Ash Wednesday, and then I just chose to forget that information. And, it and depends. it's even more confusing because then there's Palm Sunday. Right. Can't, and it God, it depends too if you're Roman Catholic or Greek Orthodox because. Roman Catholics follow a solar calendar, and Greek Orthodox follow a lunar calendar, which is what Jews um, and Muslims follow. So, okay. So, and that's why, like, also, like, you'll notice that on your calendars or whatever, it'll be, like, Easter, and then, like, three weeks later, sometimes it'll be, like, Greek Easter, but sometimes they're on the same day, and you're like, why does it change every year? That's why, because it's different kinds of calendars. Interesting. Why yeah. can't we just all use the same calendar? Well, it used to be that the whole world used a lunar calendar because that makes more sense. It's more like regular than a solar calendar. You know, like we have 364 and a half days. Like that doesn't make sense. That's a solar calendar. A lunar calendar doesn't go by how many times. Long the live sun. the moon. Yeah. So anywho. Anywho. <laughs> Cindy Lou who. <laughs> Your facial expressions. You're like stare down as I'm trying to. I'm because I'm engaged in what you're telling me. I'm interested in it. And I've been drinking, which means I'm more focused. Mm -hmm. So like my husband, when we're watching something, he'll know if I've been drinking because I like (laughs) I like laser focus on whatever (laughs) I'll be sitting on. We're watching a fucking YouTube video where they're playing like Grand Theft Auto. And I'm like sitting on the edge of the couch, like staring at it. You're invested. Baby, you've been drinking a little (laughs) bit. And I'm like, what? Yes. (laughs) I'm in, I'm in listening and me interrupting and telling these stories is uh, taking the audience away from what you're saying and I apologize. <laughs> I thought you were still continuing with this with the anecdote about you and your husband. Oh no, that was, was like, it. That's just I was it. like, it's getting weirdly relevant. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a gift. <laughs> so you mentioned monks too, obviously. Monks. The beverage that we are drinking is is its namesake. Sake is uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh God. Pure okay. This is your devo- class. This is devo- <laughs> I'm drinking the fucking Dom Perignana, right? Go fucking socks. Go socks. We'll drink up Dom Perignana and go watch the Red Sox. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just getting disapproving looks from my best friend, who's the light of my life. Uh, I'm shaking my head at her silently. It's making me feel bad about myself. I'm not afraid to say it. Love you, Melissa. <laughs> so in the Middle Ages, uh, a group of monks got together and they're like, yo, life is really tough. Like, people have to go out and till farms and shit all day. Like, they can't not eat while they're doing that. They're going to pass out in fields. And then who's going to grow our food for us? Like, the whole serfdom <laughs> will crumble if we force people to fast the way that we've been fasting. I just learned about serfs the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, that they're like, they're still, like, they're basically slaves. Mm-hmm. But, like, they just gave them a different name and are like, we kind of give you some, like, land and stuff. But, like, you're, you're still, still indebted to us and you still have yeah. to work for us. And we get to choose who you marry and if you marry and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. People suck. Yeah, you can thank Emperor Constantine, the last emperor of oh, Rome. Constantine for that. like Keanu Reeves? Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that wait, he was Constantine, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's okay. the superhero Constantine. The Emperor Constantine, who was the last uh, emperor of Rome, moved the capital of Rome, which was Rome, to Constantinople. And it caused Istanbul? Like, Istanbul, not Istanbul. Constantinople. Caused- Why they changed it, we don't know. They no. just liked it better that way. No. <laughs> Shut up. No. I almost got it I- right. You're, you're saying no because I got the lyrics wrong. Yeah. You're saying no because that's not what you're talking about. Right. I'm on board with what Kate's saying because I know I got the lyrics wrong. But I got the last part right. Yeah, um, it's true. We're so proud of you. I'm- Your husband will be proud. Yeah, I don't know that he's proud of much. <laughs> Anyways, that's a topic for another podcast. <laughs> I kid, Greg, I love you, and he's proud of me all the time. Always. <laughs> so in the Middle Ages, the monks got together, said, we're changing the rules up. This isn't going to work. <laughs> what the fuck does this have to do with Hogwarts? <laughs> I'm getting to it. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. So they changed... Lent to fasting for 40 days to so being like no meat on right. Fridays and you can't eat absolutely no eating on Ash Wednesday and absolutely no eating on Good Friday which is funny because if we ever do an episode about uh, Mardi Gras Mardi Gras is called Fat Tuesday because it's a Tuesday before Lenten season starts right so that's mm. Catholics being like we can't eat for we 40 gotta live we gotta it. wait oh. so is Mardi Gras Catholic yes i yes. oh, see look they had some good ideas yeah well the like with the titties the and stuff. Yeah, that's not Why the are you just part. motioning? No one can see you. She did a motion like to lift up her shirt. I was miming you know, it. When <laughs> they go and show their titties and then people throw beads or whatever. I don't know what that has to do with like Jesus and God or whatever, but it looks it's hella fun. In excess the day before you have to live in forty days of restriction. Sure. Essentially. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. I guess. So one yeah, of before these before you have to give up showing your titties to everybody Off is that part days. of that though no sex lent also has rules about sex but this is not a podcast about sex so we're not talking about uh, the lenten hey, rules about sex I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> one of the monks in the 14th century brother thomas Rodcliffe. um he was at Saint- i love him in harry potter <laughs> he was at saint alban's abbey um, and he's actually often credited with the invention of hot cross buns. So the monks got together and they said, we aren't doing this. Fasting's like a little bit ridiculous. 
we're going to do something else because they see all the poor people and they like were falling down in the fields. And this guy. Well, yeah, because like they don't eat much to begin with. And then you're telling them you can't eat. Right. Exactly. So this guy created what is widely what is widely considered by the Western world to be the first hot cross bun. And it actually it I should just say cross bun because they weren't warmed. So it was not a hot bun. Mm-hmm. It was just a cross bun. And he made these um they're like they were pretty much like flavorless, like stale bread because they were made with only ingredients that were allowed during Lenten season. And they were baked on Good Friday. And then distributed to the poor. And he made them like Catholic approved by resting rope on the top of the dough as it was rising to imprint a cross on the top. Now you do it with frosting. Right. Now we do it with frosting because it's delicious. Frosting is better than rope. Yes. (laughs) Ooh, ooh, get it. Hot take from Kate. Hot opinion. Go to the Twitter if you disagree. (laughs) Oh, God. But they were made without dairy. Because okay. dairy's forbidden during. Lunch, I can't get so. on board with that, honestly. Dairy is the devil. <coughs> Catholics agree. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> it's got pus in it, and okay. it's bad for most people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So fast forward a little bit to during Elizabethan England, Queen Elizabeth the first. Yes. She was a Protestant queen, right? Yeah. I don't. So do you guys know anything about Queen Elizabeth? Bitch, got it. She's Anne amazing. Boleyn's daughter. Yep. She was fifth in line to to succeed the throne. So it's like a miracle that she ever became a ruler. Well, because Queen Mary died from like that weird tumor baby, right? Yes. <laughs> Didn't she have a tumor? But like they thought she was pregnant. It, yeah. But she was pregnant for like years. years. Yeah. Because it was a fucking tumor. And then she died. Yeah. But then I don't know why Queen Elizabeth became Queen Elizabeth. Like, I don't know why there wasn't more people in because her kid. No, she didn't have any kids. Queen Mary didn't have any kids. Yeah. Queen Mary didn't have any kids. And there was also like this huge push because Mary was Catholic. There was this huge push with a Protestant referendum within England to say we need a Protestant person. The only one in the line of succession who's still Protestant is Anne Boleyn's daughter, Elizabeth. Let's push her forward and support her bid to be the next monarch. So she becomes Queen of England. Right. And at first she's like, hey, the Catholics are cool. I'm going to try and like unify. Yeah, she tried to be like nice and tolerant or whatever. But then like animosity just kept growing between Catholics and Well, then like a bunch of people try and kill her too. A bunch of people try and kill her. There's Guy Fox who bombed Parliament on the 5th of November. Remember, remember. Um, He's a a Catholic. um, Oh, I I didn't know that was a Catholic thing. Yeah, I only know. All I know about that is from V for Vendetta. (laughs) I read the graphic novel and I watched the movie. I prefer the movie. Fight me about it. It's a good movie. That's Um, actually not true. I'm sorry. Watchmen's the better movie than the comic. V for Vendetta is a better comic. I'm sorry. That's okay. I forgive you. I mean, it's still a solid movie. Except Natalie Portman's character is a hooker in the comic. So sex worker should be respected. Sex worker. Yes. Um... So Guy Fox, he's a, a Catholic, some say terrorist, some say, like, freedom fighter, right? Catholics, Protestants are I warring. mean, hey, did you kill innocent people? He tried to warn. So, like, he the reason why he got found out is because he wrote a letter to the one Catholic member of Parliament. It was like, hey, dude, don't show up to work this right, day. Right, but, like, the par- Protestant members of Parliament, he wanted to be there. Right. He wanted to kill them. But at the same time, like, it's so it that's was ugly terrorism. on all sides. It was ugly on all sides. Yeah, but sure. Yes, it was terrorism. Okay. Yes. But he had a sick mask. That was just that. the Shh. That's his Shh. face. Shh. The reason why the masks Shh. exist is because on Guy Fawkes Day, um, it's a mask. people <laughs> will burn effigies of him 
like and they'll ask the kids like like we're kids here on halloween go around and be like can you give me candy like kids there on guy fox day will be like can you give me money so i can build this effigy and burn it <laughs> i mean light things on fire yeah Do your thing i love it so anyways warring between protestants and catholics i'm getting off track yeah <laughs> yeah and, and that's your fault, Amy. I know. No one else's fault. It's because I love history, damn it. No, you're doing amazing, and you're you're just the greatest of all time. Oh. And I say that sincerely, people. I know a lot of the stuff I say sounds sarcastic, but I'm being honest. I appreciate you. She's the sun in my sky. Oh. Jake's going to be worried. He's worried anyways. That's true. <laughs> so uh, because Catholics loved cross buns because again they usually weren't warmed at this time so we're just gonna call them cross buns instead of hot cross buns um queen elizabeth actually saw them as a symbol of catholicism and catholics had all these like weird superstitions about them too which i'll talk about in a moment but queen elizabeth actually outlawed hot cross buns and cross buns except for on good friday or ash wednesday or funerals so like she was allowing them but only in like really specific circumstances yeah She's like, you can only have them on high religious holidays. That's it. No other time. So, like, bullshit. Let people live their lives, man. <coughs> I know. But anyways. We were just praising her a minute ago. That's this has she, been a roller coaster. Kate Blanchett is great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Golden Age is a bad movie, but I will watch her in anything. Yes. Agree. Continuing. Okay. So... Like I said, Queen Elizabeth outlawed the sale or consumption of them except for funerals, high religious holidays. Um, and then some of some of the weird things that mostly Catholics would do with hot cross buns is that they'd bake them on Good Friday. And then they'd think that if they were baked on Good Friday, that they would not spoil. So they would hang them from their ceilings for a year what? up until the next Good Friday. No. And no. then like whenever they were they conditioned it like medicine. So like like it was divine food. So whenever one of the, someone would be sick in the family, they'd like cut off a little piece and like grind it up with a mortar and pestle and put it into a tonic and then you'd drink it. And then you'd die. Well, the funny thing is. Well, I don't think the <coughs> hot cross bun would kill. I mean, it's just bread, right? I mean, back it's then, just it's, stale bread. Yeah. And back then water was dangerous. Like there was so many yeah, bacteria like, in water. There's so point. many other things that are going to kill you. It wouldn't help you. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe it would grow. Really Penicillin? Good. Yeah. Yeah. But there, I found articles from 1867 and 1733 that outline its use for medicinal purposes. Um, and the one from 1733 is actually the first time that article also includes the lyrics to the Hot Cross Buns song. Um, and that's the first time that those lyrics are ever put in print, too. But one of the funny things from one of those from the earlier article is that this woman had like written into the paper and she was concerned because she had taken two doses so like two days in a row she drank her tonic with her hot cross bun concoction and it didn't help any of her symptoms so she's like i'm definitely dying like if this won't help like this is my last hail mary like if this isn't gonna help me i'm i'm done for it i'm i'm dead so um i also found this really interesting article too from 1912 and it actually points to the history of hot cross buns going back even further than this middle ages monk that we talked about earlier um so the article from 1912 it's from the new york times and it has the headline who were the first to cry hot cross buns um which is just a great a great 
article title. Um, I have it clipped um, in our folder, so if we want to take a look at it, we can. Um, but from the oh, article... Oh, wait, you put it in the... Ooh. Yeah, so we can look at it. Um, but this is from the article, and it says, Cross buns are traceable to the remotest period of pagan history. Cakes were offered by the ancient Egyptians to their moon goddess. The Greeks offered them to Astarte and other divinities. They were imprinted with a pair of horns, symbolic of the ox. And the Greek word for bread actually um, is what we derive our word bun from. But so the original hot cross buns had horns, not a cross. Yes. Which is really fucking metal. Yes. Yes. I'm... I love it. Yeah. And I love that we picked this drink, too, because wasn't the original name, like, something to do with the devil, too? Oh, yeah. The devil's wine, I think. But that yeah. that was, yeah, that was because the bottles kept exploding and, you know, like, maiming mm-hmm. and killing people. Right. Because back then, I mean, you get hit in the face with some glass, like, you're, you're fucking dead. Yes. <laughs> it's bad. But I just think it's funny, both the things, both the food and the beverage we selected for today's episode are Catholic- in like their modern connotations, but they have like roots that that point to something like way more of badass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like it. Um, these original horned buns they date back to 280, and obviously the horns eventually evolved into crosses. Um, they were used to celebrate spring, which is why when Catholicism came along, they're like we should co-opt these for Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were. Uh, formed into crosses actually by pagans before Catholics to uh, symbolize either the four seasons That's or like the four everything. directions. Yeah. So just like separating it into four quadrants essentially was Oh, was yeah, yeah, the yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I just think, yeah, with like with most things Catholic, they stole it from the pagans. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And thus concludes. I was going to say, is that it? Are you done? (laughs) Awesome. Was Um, that not a satisfying No, it's good. We just didn't even open up that other bottle of champagne. So I guess we're going to be popping that open after this. Mm -hmm. Well, so, okay. So I have a question about the hot Oh, yeah. Questions. Questions are good. I'm going to grab that other bottle of champagne. Yeah. So there's actually probably... A bit left in there. Yeah. For, for Amy. I'll help with that. You should definitely do that. Yeah, so, I drank most of it, so. So, did you grow up uh, partaking of the hot cross bun? Um, I think I've had hot cross buns twice in my life. Okay. But you've known of them for yes. always. Yes. Okay. I have some very Catholic family members. My parents went to, they both went to Catholic school when they were younger and decided they didn't want to raise me Catholic. Yeah. So, I'm like like just left of catholic <laughs> you're like i'm catholic by yeah. by so i know of all the rights of fourth passage time removed, fourth, yeah. yeah 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 okay so um <clears throat> my brain is picturing a like i don't know dinner rolls with a cross <laughs> on an icing on the top of it is that what it is i mean so they're a little bit bigger usually <gasps> than dinner rolls oh Woo! Yeah. Um, they're a little bit bigger and sometimes too they'll be because they're like so restricted in what their ingredients can be Mm -hmm. sometimes you'll put in like fruits or like dates and stuff to like naturally sweeten it a little bit more so sometimes it'll resemble something similar to like a fruit cake okay like in in, it's dense 
Yeah, it's a little bit dense. Okay. And then, like, the icing is a relatively new addition. Mm, okay. So, and like those, I said, warming those them. would have liked icing. Yes. Yes. Then. They would have enjoyed that. And the warming of them is is probably just a couple hundred years old, too. So, like, it started being when there were, like, um, street vendors for food. Did, did you keep this in your pretty cabinet? No, it's chilled. It was in the I, fridge. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean a pretty cabinet? I have a pantry that's full of booze. Well, stop trying to find say my alcoholism is no, is normal, Kate. I was. Just I'm. I apologize wondering. to anybody that's an alcoholic, and if you're sober, <laughs> congratulations, you're fucking awesome. I just want to say that <laughs> after making a joke about being an alcoholic. <clears throat> well, <laughs> that was a conversation killer. Yeah. Dun dun dun. We're like, we don't want to talk after that. That's my specialty. <laughs> uh anywho. Okay. Okay. All right. So not probably not something that like Well, modern hot cross buns are delicious because they're lighter and flakier oh, okay. and they have icing on them. Okay. <laughs> like hot cross buns from like the Middle Ages or the seventeen hundreds, probably not great. Stone yeah. today. Yeah. Cinnamon roll. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We gotta we gotta make sure we keep the kids coming back to Catholicism. Yes, and they're not gonna more be razzle dazzle, <laughs> razzle dazzle. Um. All right. Okay. I, I mean, they have to compete with Sacramento wine and those dumb wafers. Somehow. That wine is fucking trash, and those wafers are paper. You just called the body of Christ and the blood of Christ trash and paper. So so. <laughs> I'm, but like all white men are oh but he probably wasn't white no no he wasn't no, definitely not white he wasn't no i'm gonna edit that you're, part not gonna out. Offend, <laughs> you're not gonna offend jesus he was jewish i love the jews <laughs> amy knows how i feel about that too it's yep. a little weird yeah a little jesus would have <laughs> like the verging white on either. fetishizing they have beautiful lore yes that's all yes i'm intrigued agreed. by their traditions did you know that some um, like super right wing Christians are now choosing to celebrate Passover? What? Because it's widely believed that the Last Supper was actually a Passover supper. Yes. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why sometimes Passover and Good Friday coincide. Mm. Just wow. co-opt a religion. It's fine. Wow. But yeah, cool. I mean, they already did. Cool. The, another fun fact about Christianity coming from Judaism is that in ancient Roman times, the Romans actually had a really great relationship with the Jews. They loved them because, like, there were specific laws. There's also where the stereotype about um, Jewish people with money comes from is from Roman times is because Romans uh, made it illegal for Roman citizens to be able to lend money. So uh, Jewish merchants would actually be able to do that. It was was a vital, important part of the Roman economy. Mm -hmm. Um, So Romans loved the Jews. And then the Christians came along and the Romans were like, oh, you're like you're like another sect of Judaism. Welcome. And the Christians are like, we're not fucking Jews. (laughs) (laughs) I am going to (laughs) isolate that one soundbite and just Please be like don't. tune into our first episode guys and it's just gonna be you being like we're not fucking jews <laughs> please don't <laughs> shaking out of context it's great. i can never run for public office or maybe i can maybe it will help no, you absolutely no, I, can 100%. i can't i can't not if you're liberal kate mm. yeah 
So is it because you groped too many people, Melissa? Uh, well, I don't grope anyone without their consent. Okay, <laughs> I consent appreciate first. That. Um, There's your problem. Our friend that is uh, in office, who's I can't explain to you more who they are because that would be giving away who this person is and also where we live. Right. Um, but he got in trouble because he had that tweet where he called. Oh, yeah that right-wing politician a cunt yeah that's true <laughs> and there ladies and gentlemen is me getting the word cunt into our very first episode <laughs> two times goal checked <laughs> word of the day and he said that before he got elected ladies right and but it gentlemen. didn't come out until after but oh. then he still got re-elected yeah because it was a funny he didn't actually it was a meme that he posted that had that in it yeah. It was accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Kate's singing. The only thing I ever hear, hear her sing is Bob's Burgers songs. <laughs> Kate does an amazing Linda. <laughs> I hope. Are we still recording? Oh, We're no. still recording. Yeah. Oh boy. Unless somebody stopped it. Ooh. Mm. All right. So I think are we wrapping up on our first episode? I guess so. Oh, oh my god. I mean, I'm gonna say we. I don't think we got drunk enough, but agreed. We're gonna be drinking hard liquor <laughs> next forward. episode. Mm. Not going forward necessarily, but definitely next episode. So uh, look forward to that. The three people that are listening. Um, <laughs> Three is optimistic. Um, so thank you, everybody who tuned in. Um, hi, mom. Hi, hi, Dave. Oh, mom and Dave. If what, we can, who who do you know that's gonna? Like, hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. Um, hi, hi, Jake. <laughs> hi, Jake. We tell we. This is the portion of the episode where we talk to the five people that are listening to this podcast. <laughs> hi, hi my boss. <laughs> hi, Joe. We're drinking Moe and Shamden. Moe and Shamden. <laughs> um, so please uh, subscribe on whatever uh, platform you're listening to us on. Spotify, Google, iTunes, whatever floats your boat. Um, and make sure you go check out our Instagram. Um, oh, which it's is so pretty. It is. You guys do so. Oh, it's so pretty. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mostly post drinks. I accidentally closed it. So now I don't know what it is. I think it's just drunk dish. It is just drunk dish. Instagram's just drunk dish. Junk dish. Dog junk dish. Junk dish. Amy posts amazing vintage stuff that she finds. I mostly just post alcoholic beverages and try and take really fancy pictures of them. But maybe one out of ten actually turns out. Um, You can also follow us on Twitter um, at drunk dish pod. Right? Yep, I did it right at Drunk Dish Pod, and we are on Facebook as well as Drunk Dish Podcast, and we'll have a website soon and all that other fun, fancy stuff. Is there anything else that you guys want to say before we wrap up? This was fun. It yeah. was fun. This oh. was super fun. Yeah. I hope other people think it's fun mm-hmm. because I'm a fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> Any excuse to get shitty with my friends? <laughs> get shitty. <laughs> Get shitty. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope um, that you guys will continue to listen to us. Bye. Five people that are listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.